Echo. 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 I have been poisoned, and let's talk about it. It is impossible not to draw a line between Pete's poisoning, which just recently happened, and the fact that we are recording our first episode back for the new year, 2023, and the fact that we are preparing to announce... Our new initiative for 2023, every year when we decide on a year to do this sort of thing, we do this sort of thing. Last year, we were, of course, mostly available. We have had our hearts to the wind. 2020 for the fans, you know, it's a new year and we're unveiling a new a new thing. And, of course... We've been teasing it for a while, too. We have, and unfortunately, as I'm sure many of you have heard, in relation to Star Wars social media and the Star Wars community... There were some leaks. Some folks have caught wind of our 2023 plans a little early. And I think that it is, it would be foolish not to call Pete's poisoning what it is. Retaliation. I think it's a, I think it's a murder attempt because. I think it's a murder attempt. I think it's retaliation. I I think it's intimidation and attempted intimidation, I would say. Because. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast multiple times. We're built different. So the amount of poison that they had to do, like, that would that would kill a normal man. Kill we're, a normal man. We're built but, po-tough. But for, fortunately, you know, I am built po-tough. So I only am miserable right now for a... Which is good. Which, I mean, yeah, it is a favorite on the part of, of these fans that are... Take the time to search through all them buried in there somewhere. Hey, you know, there's worse coming if you you're gonna do twenty twenty plans, maybe twenty twenty maybe this won't have to happen in the future. Um not doing it, not happening. Nice try. Not Here's my anything. thing, too, is if you're going to poison me, just let me know, okay? So I can make some preparations. Even just say, hey, I listened to the pod, and I wanted to poison you because of the, the all the content. You put out too much content, like 1,400 minutes of content last year, which is insane. Yeah. Huge. And so I guess, you know, just right up front, then say we're not going to be intimidated uh poison pete all you want i'll never no, change a no. thing i'll <laughs> never change a thing and you and... can do anything you want to josh and i'll never back down <laughs> and with that that's right and with that i would say and some people already know this because internally always i'll see it there were some hands we had here and so some people have maybe spoiled the surprise for them uh, and they know that we have not changed our mind and that pee being poisoned has changed nothing and 2023 fans kick rocks kick rocks fans kick rocks we don't need you we don't want you what have you done for us lately how many episodes Send an email no 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 emails 
Tried to poison us? Yes. What? It's just... We do so much for you. We do so much for you. We do so much for you. And what do you what are you gonna return? Poison? Nothing. And quite frankly, I'm hearing now, I'm hearing the fans are saying, Oh, well, actually Josh poisoned Pete or Pete poisoned himself, and they are like it's like a false flag operation to create like hostility with the fans so they can have an excuse to say fans kick rocks and then fans kicks rocks will be an excuse for them not to work hard or whatever. And I'm like, Hey fans kick so many rocks. Oh my gosh. Kick so many rocks. It also Wear just... off your shoe. Kicking those rocks. Go to a quarry. Go to a quarry and kick some rocks. My chest. And to finally announce it. I mean, it's huge. I, I mean, I can't wait to watch all the reaction videos of, of fans, um, you know, tuning in to find out what this year is going to be for Pobo and Pobo LLC. I mean, I'm very excited for that. I'm sure people are losing their minds right now. Probably shouldn't even talk about anything important for the next five minutes on the pod because people are going to be cheering the whole time because we announced the new thing, Fans Kicks Rocks. Fans Kick Rocks. And they're probably... I would imagine a bunch of listeners probably broke their phones because they're so upset. But how do you how do you think we feel? You know, we put so much time into the podcast, and this is how you treat us? You try and poison me? Brutal. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. If anything, this just makes it this 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 I, I feel better about this initiative than I ever did before. And I already felt 100% fine about it. 100% I do not. 100% fine. Um, but that's because I got food poisoned. And I really just don't want to step on Bill Potuff. I am going to say that again. I do think that that's really something. And that that's going to need to be a thing. And that that's going to need to be a shirt or a hashtag. I'm very proud of that one. Bill, Bill Potuff. Um, 2023 Fans Kicks Rocks, brought to you by Built Potuff. Uh, it's going to be, this is our year. This is, this is our year. It's off to a great start, if we're Absolutely. being perfectly honest. Um, Absolutely. Now, now, Josh, have you Star Wars to start the year? Well, let's, okay, so the Star Wars I did since we last recorded, which was... After Thanksgiving, like the first week of December was our last episode. So since then, I did finish the Toshin Star Wars Archives book Okay. for the prequels. Um, almost broke my neck reading that. That book is too big. Like that book is so big that it is bad. It is not fun to read that book because it is so big. The only way that you can read it is laying it flat on a table and looking down on it. Um, there's some cool stuff in there, but you know, it didn't hold a candle to my favorite, favorite books, J.W. Rensler's making Star Wars books. But it was, you know, it, you know, it has some pretty cool stuff in there. Rewatched episode three after I finished that, did not end up watching any more Star Wars after that. I was like, oh, I'm watching the prequels, I'm gonna end up watching all of them. I, I didn't, I got the Infernal Affairs trilogy instead, and I watched that. Uh, and then I read, um, the Owen Kenobi trade. Collecting the limited series from Marvel by Christopher Cantwell. I don't remember the artist, unfortunately, but it was like a five issue series. 
that I think I talked about when the first issue came out. I read the first issue, and it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi right before A New Hope on Tatooine journaling, and it chronicles different episodes in his life. There's mm-hmm. like, as a youngling, him with Qui-Gon, start of the war, later in the war. That was really good. I would recommend that one. It's like self-contained, kind of one and done. I enjoyed that quite a bit. And then now I am on part three of this High Republic book, Convergence, which leads mm-hmm. me to, Pete, have you been Star wars Um, I am as high as the Republic <laughs> will allow me to be. Wow. So I have talked about the last like five, ten episodes about reading this book, Path of Deceit, um, which is the in High Republic, you know, they they made that hundred year um prequel, I guess. Is it hundred? I, I think it is. I think hundred, hundred and fifty maybe even. It's it's a lot. So I um read the first book, Path of Deceit, and um, I was I've talked about it on the pod, big fan. Like that was the young adult one, right? Yes. Makes me fall asleep after um, like five minutes. So it took me like six weeks to read that. Um, but I ended up binging it near the end because it really it, it, it becomes a little bit crazy because they're okay. they're really leaning into the leveler, um, mm, which is interesting. the like Jedi killer thing from the last like current timeline High Republic, if that makes yeah. any sense the original high republic trilogy yeah it's so funny that nobody talks about the high republic and yet they're already moving a hundred years back (laughs) you you didn't have enough stories but um this you know the whole whole series explains like martian row um not him specifically but you know the race that he is and um, stuff like that. So I, I, I read Path of Deceit by Tessa Grant and Justine Hireland. I have finished um, Convergence. Right. I, I had nothing going on um, to start this year. So I think I think you're, what, a third through through with it? I, I have put my back into it in the last day or so. I've read the equivalent of a chapter a day. Okay. I am on part three. But that's apparently only halfway through the book, even though there's only three parts. Um, so I mean, I'm I, I'm struggling, but it's picking up a little bit. It's picking up a little bit. I know the fans out there are saying, "Just don't read the freaking book, then." And I'm like, "Hey, fans kick rocks. Don't." Oh, sorry. You don't tell us what book. to do. Yeah, what? I think. Oh, what's that in your mouth? It's rocks. Why don't you spit them out and kick them? Hmm, you you that? swung and you hit me with food poisoning. So stop, please. Please, please, please stop. Yeah. So that book, um, which is it's an all right read. Um, it's I just I binge that really quickly, and then um, I can't be stopped. So I'm currently listening to the audio book, uh, Star Wars: The High Republic: The Battle of Jeddah by George Mann, which is the audio book got released first, and then Mm -hmm. it's like a Dooku thing where it's Mm -hmm. like an audio drama. Yeah. And um, man, there, there, there are some choices that I did not take. I did not think that, you know, like when you match up, uh, when they have a book and they turn. Uh, I'm sure we're going to mm-hmm. talk about this with Ahsoka, right? Of um, who they recently picked to be Hera, um, Winstead, I think. Purportedly, 
reportedly. I've not seen confirmation. But, you know, you have such a strong vision in your head watching this cartoon character. Hmm. And I did not think I had a strong vision of what some of these people should sound like, but they did not sound like that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, in Star Wars, they throw so many names at you and they so throw so many things like, you know, we've been uh, mispronouncing Marsha, Marsha, Marsha for. Uh, um, and that's fine. But um, I would argue you, we're the only people pronouncing it right. It, hmm? Yeah, fans can kick rocks. But um, Iram and Arano is, is how are those both? Those are both pronounced. Sure. Um, I I think I wasn't I, in my head. I wasn't saying Arano. I was saying something different. And then Iram makes sense. But hmm. um, yeah. So that I'm. It's like a five-hour audiobook. I'm like an hour in. Good lord. I mean, it is. It's it's got to pick up because if it doesn't, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, I mean, that's where I'm at with convergence, and I will say it did pick up. It was very slow going for me, and I was very much struggling with it. I mean, well written book, but it's just like I'm really coming to terms with just books are not where I like spending time in Star Wars. It's like it is such a visual story for me. Then I just, I, I just don't. The best Star Wars book is still not going to be my idea of a good time, and that's just that's just my own taste in Star Wars or whatever. You know, I think like, well, I don't, yeah, I don't go to I don't go to books for Star Wars. I go to books for reading. I don't know more boring stuff. Who knows? Um, but it it's 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 picked up now the, the thing here is we will you know do a high repo boys now i mean i'm thinking you know if this is another year oh well maybe we'll do like a bonus episode in the middle of the freaking week to talk about this freaking high republic book because we're in bad batch right now and then we're about to go concurrent i believe with mandalorian there's going to be a couple of weeks there where we're going to be covering both. And I know what you think. Oh, well, just do a bonus episode for The Higher Public and just do two a week for Bad Batch and Mandalorian. And oh, I would say, hey, oh, what's that over there on the ground? Oh, a bunch of rocks. You can go oh, kick, fans. Why don't you, you know, maybe not try and poison me, huh, fans? Huh. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we're just going to, we'll just do High Repo Boys the week after The Mandalorian is over, <laughs> which will be. In May? April? <laughs> well, fortunately... Which will be just I, in time for the next freaking High Republic book to come out. <laughs> yeah. It is It is interesting. They just kind of, like, throw a bunch of... Well, I wouldn't. I actually shouldn't say that. Because I was going to say they throw a bunch of stuff at you, but I think that Path of Deceit book came out in, like, October. It just took me, like, two months to read it. Again, I liked it. Mm. it made me fall asleep um, after five pages. And uh, any book that can elicit something like that is a book you can talk about. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, we are engaged with the High Republic, even though I don't even know why we are, because why we need to give more content to you freaking fans and kick rocks. But we are. And that will be a discussion at some point it is not going to be timely. That said, by the time we cover High Republic on the pod again, you'll definitely be done with the book. <laughs> <laughs> um. We'll also have a lot of content to talk about, too, because that'll be at least like three books and a bunch of comics, too. Yeah, yeah. I read one of the comics. I didn't. They're doing a mini series, The Blade, 
by it, Charles that, Soul. That, that cover looks pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't pick up the first issue. I think I'm gonna wait for the trade on that one, but I'll probably still pick up the trade. Um, so that's the that's the Star Wars. It's it's a print. Let's see what else do we tell the fans? Kick Rocks 2023 Kick Rock. Yes, yeah, okay. And we did that. And we did Star Wars. So, I mean, unless you've got anything else to bring up, I'm thinking this time I get into BB. Um, yeah. I mean, we let's 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 hit up the Bad Batch. So. Bad Batch is back, baby. You know, this is our first Echo Boys and who knows how long. And this this show got pushed back. Yeah. Um, so this is not what the the original airing was supposed to be in like September, which then also for some reason ran concurrently with Andor, which was yep. honestly like push it out um, to it being this time. Um, it does look amazing. It, look, it looks like oh, the, yeah. ha- having the Krabbies um, start the first scene. Uh, that's a Pokemon reference. But um, listen, fans, if you're not as sophisticated as us, kick rocks. But um, they premiered two episodes back to back. Episode one was Spoils of War. And episode two was Ruins of War. And... Um, Let's see. Is there any description of who wrote this? I don't think there is. That's weird. There, that's that can't be the case. And I can hear but, the fans out there saying, "Why don't you look that up before the episode?" And uh, why don't you kick rocks? Yeah, I think you. I don't know. May, might want to kick rocks is kind of my thing. So what did you, what did you think of um, these episodes? They were cool. I was happy to be back. I don't this the scale of this show is just like so what I'm looking for right now for some reason. Like it's the cast is small enough, but it also travels. I think one of the things I'm having trouble with with the convergence book, which I think is about to change, but like a good chunk of that book, much like a good chunk of the last main adult High Republic book, is just like on a ship. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's a book. You can go anywhere you want. Like, you don't have a production budget. You don't have to stay on the same set. And it really just, I'm just like, oh. And then, like, the second book in High Republic was just, like, the fair. Somewhere. It's starting to feel like Lothal on season one of Rebels or whatever. Um, but this show is, you know, it, it does the work to have that small, really developed cast. And then it it travels and it goes places uh i'm obviously thrilled to have the batch back thrilled to be hanging with omega again see where they're all at um and, and then, yeah, you, great you did talk long enough for me to look up who wrote these episodes and that was the plan um, because that because that's called good podcasting so episode called vamping um yeah vamp it up so um, both of these episodes were written by w- women, which is pretty cool. Episode one was written by Jennifer Corbett, who I think was the head writer last season. Oh, yeah. She's one of the, uh, I think there's like two people in charge or whatever. And I believe mm-hmm. she's one of them. And then the other person for episode two was Gina Lucida Monreal. Who, this is her first, um, her, the first Star Wars thing she's ever done. Nice. I'm surprised that two people wrote two episodes because they do very much feel like a, a single unit. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like a two-parter. A lot of times, 
the well, I guess this is more with direct. You know, for Andor, they'd have you know one director would have three episodes, and most of the time mm -hmm. it would be an entire arc. But yeah. uh, you you really couldn't have noticed a difference in writing, which is really cool that they're you know getting into the voice of all of these people, um, getting into the angst of Omega being like, "Oh my gosh, this is all my fault," and you know I I want to do this just so that you guys can be free of me, which. Um, is is an interesting take that she has and how she uh internalizes what they what they were saying on a on a ship that there is zero privacy on yeah <laughs> uh, that is you know we've seen we've seen that ship a ton of times um which is the marauder yeah yeah so which is also a ship the x-men have right now go figure same ship oh What's That's called so the cool. Marauder? Yeah, so m must be the same ship then. I mean, it doesn't look the same. Theirs looks like a boat, but you know. Mm -hmm. Well, so we get a classic um, for episode one, Spoils of War. Yes, we get a, a classic. You know, they're on a heist. They're yep, cold open. on a they're on a beach planet. We don't even we don't really even know what they're grabbing. They have a box yeah. that these crab people are That's really a good into. Point. We never find out. Mm hmm. And in that kind of um, scene, you know, you see that Omega's aged a little bit. She has a helmet now. Um, so she's, you know, internalizing her found family more now because, you know, they all have um, are dressed like clones. So that's her, her attempt to do that. And she's becoming a significantly more proficient than Ezra ever was with his slingshot. Um, she oh, is boy. an assassin. <laughs> she is an assassin with that thing, um, which you know confirms uh, my idea that she's a, she's um, force sensitive, which I think was one of my for early hot takes in Echo Boys um, the first couple episodes. Ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't be a fan of it either. So we see a new character um, when they get back. Um, to their home base, who is what's her name? Um, Fee Jano, which is played by Wanda Sykes, which is pretty cool. Always excited for her to pop up in something. It is interesting. They over the last you know different projects, they're bringing people that you would have never really guessed would be on there, like Rhea Perlman being said, yeah. perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you know bringing is. Um, like Michelle Ang is just she's great as Omega. Um, have a person like Dee Bradley Baker is an is just a a unique product of his own and his ability yeah. to do everything. But uh, you know, we we get um kind of a tease that they'll probably be working with her later on. Seems likely, and, yeah. And um, they get a tip that. The Empire is starting to raid um, Dooku's um, treasure chest, and that apparently he kept all of his his goodies and his monies on Sereno. Um, that for the ones in his little ship that Captain Athano goes after. Right. It's not the no. That's sorry. I was I was thinking of Grievous, the episode where um they go to Grievous's home base. Yeah, they meet his dog Gore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was getting those two things confused. Although we have seen 
um, that castle, what, a few times in the Savage yeah. Press arc? Exactly, yeah. It was it was cool returning to that set. I did enjoy that. Um, it's not. I mean, we've returned to like locations that are familiar in Clone Wars, as far as like planets and stuff. We've been to planets and that we've gone to in Clone Wars since then, in Rebels and in other animation. But it's not often that you go back to like a very specific location or a specific room like that, other than something like very broad, like the Jedi temple or something that's, you know, very prominent from movies and stuff or a ship, but to be back at a physical location from the Clone Wars, I really did enjoy that and seeing it kind of dilapidated and feeling a little haunted and stuff. I did think I did anticipate something cool being in the basement, but the basement was just like an exit. Because at the end of episode one, they drop down into that basement. And I'm thinking, oh, episode two, they're in trouble. He's going to have something in that basement. And there's like, oh, cool. There's the door by. Yeah, there's um, at some points, um, I think in Jedi Dooku Lost, D- Dooku Jedi Lost, which is um, an audiobook that like does background on him. I think there's like a crate dragon, maybe, that was like sleeping underneath the core. But. Other than that, there hasn't been really any cool animals that are on that planet. Um, it was really cool seeing kind of, you know, in episodes um, four on, you never hear about Sereno. And, you know, uh, you never hear about Camino. Yeah, yeah. The destruction of culture, the destruction that are done um, to show kind of, here is what happens when you go against the Empire. Um, well, and I hadn't really, I hadn't even put together. I guess I should have assumed, but I mean, again, we've been to this location before. I didn't realize that that even was cilantro. I guess I was just like, oh, yeah, it's Dooku's house, but I didn't know it was, you know, cilantro planet. So apparently I had been there. What do you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they export soap there for those people that mm-hmm. cilantro tastes like soap for them. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just like, so, so Sereno, or where it's like there's one planet, but then there's other planets connected to it, and then they have one planet represent that system. So Sereno was like the main planet representing that group of planets. So it's not hmm. just Sereno; it's just that's he his family is the head of that planet. Um, and so they're not going to get too much into the details of that, which is fine. You know, just the premise of. He was big. Uh, so, of course, he's going to have a Trevor Trove of stuff. Those those um, cruisers, sorry, those those like car, those cargo holds, yeah. one of the cooler things. I mean, that was that was awesome seeing Definitely. just the scope, the scope of how much stuff he had. And then also just um, seeing, you know, they're not they're not wasting any time. They're taking everything, trying to, um, you know, put their put their stamp down and remove everything from the past yeah and you can see that like based on this episode it seems like season two is is hopefully going to deal with the clones being more phased out and them maybe chafing against imperial rule versus republic rule but you could see how in the immediate end of that civil war the clone wars that like 
taking everything from Count Dooku's house would be sort of a transitional thing that you could still sell to people who were fighting the Separatists. Like, in lieu of being like, okay, well, now subjugate the masses or whatever, you start by being like, okay, you know, go go get Mr. Mr. Dooku's millions. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, he's a bad guy, right? He's a Separatist. We're fighting the Separatists. Separatists are the bad guys. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And it seems like sort of a yeah, like a transitional mission or like a busy work while they're figuring out, all right, what does this new army look like? What are we, who are we going to fight next and stuff? Well, it's also doing a lot of exposition without, you know, hitting you over the head with it. So, you know, there's a big arc last season where, you know, Kamino gets destroyed. And this is kind of very, ca- you know, they don't have any connection to this. Um, they should because this is like a plant they wanted to get to um during the the clone wars um to like occupy his planet for sure yeah yeah but it's kind of them you know recognizing here's what's changing with everything so um it is cool that they're still you know um stunning everybody um that are clones so they still have that kind of moral compass that they're not going to be not going to be doing that whatsoever which also kind of reinforces at the end when that clone trooper, Captain Wilco, is like, yeah, that was the Bad Batch. They're not dead. Yeah. Um, and you had, um, oh, what's his name? Ram- Rampage? Yeah, Rampage. Yeah. Ramp- the Rhino. The Rhino. Um, you know, be like, actually, because uh, I'm going to get in trouble if they're not dead. Which, similar to Andor, does kind of really speak to how the empire ends up being defeated is it's like there isn't a cause. It's just like a bunch of people out for themselves, like yes, in the empire because there's power to be had there, but it's not, it's not for the good of the empires for the good of themselves. And that's it. I mean, right from go, you've got guys like grandpa being like, Oh, there's a boo-boo. Yeah. Don't even pretend that doesn't even exist. Forget fixing that. Forget lying about it. it doesn't even exist. We're not even going to talk about that because that would impact me. Forget the, you know the empire of the galaxy that would impact me. And so it does paint a picture of a, a government that could be overthrown by a bunch of long-haired teens. They are doing a really good job of providing character detail to empire lieutenants and commanders. I mean, they did a really good job of it in Andor. Um, explaining mm-hmm. all the nerds um, doing all their schemes for a whole season and then you know the conclusion to that but a distinct character that is a villain that you can kind of tack on and attach yourself to that means that you don't have to bring in Vader or you don't have to bring in Palpatine to wipe out the Bad Batch mm-hmm. so it kind of breaks off into the first episode breaks off into there's people on the the freighter, and then there's people on the ground, and there's not a ton to that. And I don't know if there's like an Easter egg you're, you you saw. I mean, it just looked like there was a ton of credits. Yeah, I'm sure there was something in there, but I didn't I I didn't grab onto anything in particular. Um, and then we get to you know uh, test Omega's knowledge of all the studying she's doing of different ships and. Um, not taking over the ship um, and recognizing, you know, that they're not overpowered. Um, they don't have the ability to do that mm-hmm. um, with Echo Tech and, and Omega. Um, that was, you know, pretty cool. 
and then of all of that. So Wrecker and Hunter getting hunted through of Sereno and then um the other group finding what a buddy that is yeah Count Dooku's dad's friend yeah Count Dooku's dad's friend who is surprisingly chill um I was well, like oh, is nothing that... to lose is that like Dooku's dad what's Dooku's dad doing here it's his dad's friend his dad's friend um so it really had nothing to lose what did what did you think about that um the inclusion of that character to help them out? Uh I the characters was was fine. He didn't particularly grab me. I'm not like gonna stand for that character and hope they show up again, but I thought he played an important role because I think in among all the action of this episode, it was a pretty compelling discourse between Echo and Hunter about like essentially do we do we help our house or do we help our village? You know, and, and Hunter kind of being like, Echo is the mission or Omega. Omega is the mission here. And, you know, we gotta, we gotta do right by her and do right in a small way and do the good in, in our immediate orbit where Echo is like, no, 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 there's like a huge galaxy out there. We can be helping out with that. Uh, and I, I think, I don't know, I found that very compelling and, and just people in the, you know, obviously by Andor's time, Vampire has been a presence for a while, but Echo and Hunter are, you know, this is, this is still new. This is, I think, the most immediately in at least television and film that we've had the chance to see characters grapple with like, oh, what do we do now? How do we combat the Empire? What do we do with this? And the start of a regime too of mm-hmm. this is the start of what the empire is slowly doing you know we had that episode last season where everybody had to get a registration chip and they changed the currency for everything and yeah. they're just slowly throwing in all of these different structures that are in i i really like the interaction between hunter and echo because you know at various points we see in season one that they're not equipped for this um they're doing this and you know, it's very fulfilling to them, but they recognize a bunch of times they're like, hey, we're single dads. Hey, we're single dads. We're single dads. They never really rectify that. They're like, we're single dads. We're single dads. We're single dads. All five of all, all four of us are single dads. All four of us are single dads. And it's, you know, how, how she internalized that makes no sense with what you saw in the first season, but uh, is definitely a way that you would think uh, a character that age would uh, definitely take that into account. Yeah, so. I mean, I think they're doing an excellent job, and and Michelle Ng as, as well, of, like, Omega is so competent, but there's also, like, she is still a young person, and, you know, young people have big feelings and big emotions and insecurities, and I think it's easy for them to get been around the axle about stuff like that so it's you know yeah she can shoot a bunch of crabs but then also she overhears the bad batch talking about her she's gonna process that in her own way and that way is the way someone very young would process it Mm -hmm. so i thought that was uh, a nice through line and then it also i mean again tying back to the echo and hunter discourse of it all I don't know, it was it was interesting, you know, thing about this in the lines of it being a kid show about like these two episodes basically being about what is money. 
and Hunter being like, money means safety for my family. And Uncle being like, money means helping the world around me. And then you have, you know, Omega getting instilled with, oh, money, money just fixes this problem about me or money makes me less of a nuisance to to the my immediate world around me and her kind of misinterpreting that but it is like all these sorts of different ideas of what money or treasure can do for them and then you have Count Dooku's dad's friend who's like oh no I don't care about it look at where I live look at what they've done I just want you know I want memories I want I want my photo album basically mm-hmm. and I thought that that I, was very compelling for, yeah, and, and it's, it's compelling discourse for a, a show for young people. Uh, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Quite well, a bit. It, also, it also has the benefit of, you know, I've, I've talked about season one, and um, it has the benefit of us having, you know, and I, this isn't for all fans, obviously, but, you know, we watched all of the Clone Wars animated. We've But all fans can't get rocks. Um, because they're lazy and they won't watch all of it. You should but you know you can see that there's still the you know echo yes he's an outsider but he spent most of his life with the mainstream with the regs and has this kind of moral compass that is different than hunter and the rest of them that have been good point outcast their entire lives so it's kind of because they're all the bad batch right now and i almost you you almost forget that oh yeah echo is still if not for Omega, he would still be the rookie. He's the new guy here. Mm-hmm. And Echo came up with camaraderie and, you know, being part of a, a wider army, whereas Bad Batch has always been a small unit. And it's just like the five of them. And that's not to say that Hunter doesn't have a moral compass. No, but you it's know, obviously like... it's there are different types of morality and there are different true north. I mean, not, neither of them is is trying to be selfish. I neither of them are, are villainous or selfish. They just they both have different ideas of and priorities of who they want to help and they reflect their military experience in the in the life they led. Yeah. Completely true. Now the fans are out there, we talk about this treasure and what it means to all these different people and you know the the locals talking about it being cursed treasure and no good and leave it alone. The fans are out there trying to say um, they should have Omega should have took the cursed treasure and invested it in Imperial crypto. I think that's dumb. Yeah, they should have definitely put it into an NFT. Well, I think that's dumb too, and I think the fans can get Crocs. Uh, I think they were right to leave the cursed treasure behind. Yeah, but you're also a bot. Mm, I was about to say something negative, but this is the fans that are doing this to us. Yeah, you're really struggling with this initiative so far. I'm kind of doubting your resolve. You're starting well, to sound, Pete, you're starting to sound like a real fan. Oh, oh my gosh. I can't tell if it's the, I don't know if it's the food the poisoning, poison but talking or... it's the rudest thing something said to me this whole year. Well, Keep acting like this. You better get used to it. Wouldn't that be nice if that was actually true? Yeah, birthday coming up. I don't want to have to send you rock kicking shoes. I'd rather send you nothing. <laughs> um, would you rather have rocks or nothing? I'd actually rather have rocks. I 
Rock kicking shoes. Rock. Yeah, maybe some steel toe shoes. Rock kicking shoes. Shoes for kicking rocks. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of um, this and your whole deal right now, Tech, I'm over him. He's very annoying. Well, he's also just not great at, I mean, he's very good at being that smart person that acknowledges that they're smart all the time to anybody that will listen. Right. How, you know, Omega, granted, we still don't know what Omega's thing is. Right? Uh, What are you talking about? I think she's Omega. But, like, Tech, you know, is the the Wiz. Hunter can sense electricity or whatever. And... (laughs) Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, they never they never talk about that anymore. It's like electro. Yeah, he, he senses electricity. Uh, and Omega's just like better at them than and everything, but not the best at anything. Oh brother. Uh, no, I'm not I'm not trying to be um deprecating at all. It's just there hasn't been do you think that there's gonna be an explanation for that or is it just you know she was the first clone and she has all this dna that's super valuable to I mean, I assume the that, you know, i'm sure maybe she was created for like an express role but all the people in bad batch are like stereotypes of an action movie character because they were genetically made to be that mm-hmm. so it's like Omega does not have that same upbringing. Like there may have been designs for whatever she was supposed to be, but she's obviously that is not going to end up happening. So I mean, I guess at some point it would be interesting to find out what the intent was there. But I like Omega. I don't need there to be a thing. I don't need there to be like a label. Yeah, like, oh, she was actually an animal trainer or whatever. I don't care. I just like the character. I'm good. I'm good. Well, do you have anything else for these two episodes? I really liked Kevin Kiner's score. Go figure. Um, no surprises there. But there was a lot. I like his treasure music. Really good. And yeah, it was good. And then and then his music and the animation were both fantastic. You know, the cold open is broad daylight and a beach. But then a lot of this episode takes place at night with like moonlight coming through trees and stuff like that. And the lighting is just fantastic. Um, I don't know. The show is just a joy to watch. Looks great, 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 great writing, great cast. Glad it's back. It's um, it definitely. I I wouldn't rank this as like one of my top arcs, um, but it was a good introduction to the season. Like I don't know if I'll be yeah. going back and being like, let's let's hang out with Dooku's dad's friend. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. But it was good to kind of get a baseline of where everybody's at, where the state of this. You know, we still got to see. Where uh, what's her face? A little moody boy who uh, ran away. Little moody boy who ran away. We're talking about Bad Batch. We're talking about Lord of the Rings. Bad Batch. Little moody boy who ran away. You know, oh, the other Mort, clone. Mort guy from Rebels. No, the 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 clone whose name I'm I'm uh, not remembering. The clone who's a moody boy who oh cut from Lacroix. Mm-hmm. The farmer? No, 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 no. The the they're the last member of Bad Batch that betrays them. Oh, crosshairs. Crosshairs. Yeah, that there it was. I was like, shooty, shoot the one with the shooting. 
Yeah. A shooter. I know they're saying, I'm hearing that the fans are out there saying, oh, this is great podcasting, and they're being sarcastic. And I guess I would say, well, great listening, kick rocks. Yeah, why don't you take those rocks them? Um, Do so a favor. Just pick up the rocks, put them in your shoe. Because you may as well be kicking rocks everywhere you walk, because that's as many rocks as you can kick, because kick rocks. It's 2023, baby. So next week's episode... Um, which maybe is going to feature crosshairs. I guess it wouldn't surprise me. It's called The Solitary Clone. Oh, that's an intriguing title. Yeah, so that's going to be pretty cool. I think I sent you the image. I don't know when I did this, of the timeline for all of these, because there's a couple weeks where we're going to get like a, a two. few episodes back to back. Only two? Or, oh, well, I just, no, not two weeks, but I, I saw that like intermittently throughout the season, there would be days where there's like two episodes a day. Okay, yeah, which will be pretty cool to because like, like not necessarily just at the beginning and the end. Yeah, now the real the real fun will be when there's like two episodes of Bad Batch and an episode of Mandalorian on the same day. Um, yeah, we're gonna be busy. Yeah, think about it. This? Where is this? Um, this is podcasting and. You know, you could be like, oh, here we go. So we've got, oh, on my birthday, we've got two episodes coming out at the same time. Oh. And then that's the, and then, and then the finale, um, the summit and plan 99. I got to say some good names for, for this too. Spoils of War, Ruins of War. I mean, Bad Batch, they do their titles right. All right. Let's see. Yes, there was technically, there was Spoils of War. And then yes, there were there were ruins of war. A plus on both accounts. A plus to the bad batch. B minus to the fans. Are you out of your mind? What? F F to the fans. Oh, I don't want to ruin their GPA. F. For you know fans, what? F for kick rocks. Freaking F! Big 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 F for the fans. Huge F for the fans. Podcast at gmail.com. 